Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church, Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. A blessed Pentecost season to all of you this Wednesday, July the 6th, as the light of Jesus shines on us from Genesis chapter 27. It is Isaac who was to bless his son. And it's it's one of those simple stories. You, you've heard it all before. It seems like it's just going to be simple. Isaac would bless his son. There's no problems here. What could go wrong? Well, sinners have a unique ability to cause issues over things that God would desire. Um, almost a theme throughout Genesis. And guess what? Almost a theme for us. Every single day where two or three are gathered, there will be conflict. You might have heard the story before. But guess what? There's a whole chapter for us to dig into today, because every time you dig into the word, we always have more to learn. So open up your Bibles, put on your Christ goggles for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's word, we welcome back regular guest, Pastor David Boyce-Claire of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Church in Pine Lawn, Missouri. Pastor Boyce-Claire, a blessed Pentecost to you, and welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Yes, and a great day to all our listeners. Uh, it's great to be here. Yeah, Pastor, it's it's great to hear your voice again. Uh, tell us what's going on for you and the work of the saints at Faith and Bethesda. Well, uh, by the grace of God, uh, the uh, heat that we've experienced uh, breaks for the weekends to uh, uh, enable us to have our worship services uh, in our congregation. Uh, our our um, air conditioning is not operative. So, uh, uh, so it, it, you know, it's a blessing that uh, the Lord makes it cooler in the weekends. And uh, so, so we're, we're continuing to, uh, uh, to rejoice in his gifts that he gives us and, and to uh, share his love with those around us. Well, thanks be to God for that. And it's it's one of those realities. The other day, so this is what's great about being in Minnesota. And I do lament, Pastor Lekomsky and I do lament the winners. But the other day, it was July, uh, July 3rd, and I was able to wear a sweatshirt outside, which is just awesome in my mind. But I, you know, that's just, oh. that's just a Minnesotan talking right now. So what do you think of that, Pastor? Well, I think that's a blessing. I, I'm from Wisconsin, and I remember <laughs> times waking up in the morning, even in southern Wisconsin, that there was ice on the uh, puddles, uh, you know, in, in June, you know, oh, in yeah. the early morning. Yeah, it could, you know, it could be very cold uh, sometimes, <laughs> even in June. So, and it's, so it's definitely uh, a nor the north part of the country. <laughs> it is, and we are. So, Pastor, we heard the study of the Word of God. I'm I'm really excited Basically, these sections from now, well, basically, the rest of Genesis is just going to be a lot of fun. So let's get into this. And can you begin our time in prayer? Oh, yes. Let us pray. Gracious Father, you love families as you love people. Your sacred history that we are exploring today tells the story of a very important family, the family of Isaac and Rebecca. Grant that we can take away from the story the warnings against sin as we are inspired with your gracious interest in their family. Grant that we may rejoice in the promise of Jesus, the descendant of Isaac and Rebekah. In Isaac, in whom the sacred seed is named, that all the families of the earth may be blessed in him, in whose name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Reminder to listeners, if you have any questions concerning our text in Genesis chapter 27, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or call during this live study, 314-821-0850, 314-821-0850. Now, Pastor, we have a, a relatively long chapter today, so let's start with this. Everything in Scripture and everything in life always has a context. And so as we come upon Genesis 27, uh, how do you want to start us off on the right foot this morning? Well, yes. Um, this, of course, uh, takes us back to uh, what happened uh, prior to that. Uh, unfortunately for Rebecca, she was barren like Sarah, uh, Abraham's wife. And so uh, in answer to Isaac's prayer, she was able to conceive or the Lord granted that she conceive and she conceived twins. Uh, the And, and then uh, even as she uh, was heard from the Lord, his word that said the the older shall serve the younger. Uh, so uh, that was kind of a, a, a prophecy that was um, uh, made in, in re- relation to Jacob. Now, what's interesting is is that uh, the, the things that happened during the birth, uh, as Esau was, was coming from the womb, uh, Jacob was uh, grabbing onto his heel. And so uh, that, that was one incident that happened there. It, it, it's interesting that uh, when Tamar uh, had uh, two uh, twin sons from um, uh, Jacob's son, uh, let's see, be Judah, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. first one of the babies stuck out his arm and uh, the uh, midwife uh, uh, tied a red uh, a piece of yarn on on the little boy, little baby's uh, arm, but that little baby drew his arm back in, and then uh, the other one came out, uh, who was Perez, which means a breach. You know, he 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 got got out first, and then the one with the red uh, yarn, uh, Zara, uh, came out afterward. So it, it's interesting that, uh, you know, Jacob and Esau were both uh, of the same age. You know, they were born the same day. But uh, Esau was the one that uh, came out first, and, and Jacob, of course, grabbed his heel. Now, uh, then, then also it, it kind of points out that there was favoritism uh, with the parents. Uh, Esau mm. favored, uh, rather, I'm sorry, Isaac favored Esau because Esau, uh, he loved to eat his game. And, and that was, that was uh, um, uh, Esau's uh, passion to be out hunting. And uh, Jacob, of course, was, was content to live in, t- in the tent beside his mother, as, as I think one commentator said. And, and, and of course, then there was another difference, which I wonder might tell us that they might have been fraternal rather than identical twins. Uh, mm. Esau was was a hairy man, and Jacob was a smooth man. Um, um, and and um, you know, I, I wondered also about the redness of of Esau's hair, uh, his, his and uh, which basically caused him to be called uh, Edom as well, because he would of course be the nation of Edom afterward, because as God told Rebecca that there were two nations that were struggling in her womb. And so then, but then you have the the case in, in, in our text today of what I, Isaac wants to bless his uh, favored son. And, and, uh, and then, of course, Rebecca hears about it. And, and I guess that's what we'll look at as we uh, look at this chapter. 
And it, it builds up so, so many different realities for us to consider. But then there's this reality that I want to talk about with blessing. But I want to do that once we start reading into our text this morning. So, Pastor, is there anything else you want to highlight before we dig in? I think, I think we're all set. All right. Well, let's, we're looking at Genesis chapter 27. Reminder to our listeners, we'll be reading from the English Standard Version of Holy Scripture. We hear the Word of God. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare for me a delic- delicious food, such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, and that my soul may bless you before I die. To this point, it, it brings up a number of questions here, Pastor. It, it did, definitely affirms that uh, Jacob liked to eat, and he liked to eat whatever Esau would bring to him. He was a meat eater, no doubt about it. Um, but also it talks about a blessing that's here. So any insight on on some of the, the history on that or blessing that he was about to give? Well, uh, this was a very special blessing because Isaac, of course, was a patriarch like Abraham. Abraham, of course, initially received the blessing from God. And then Isaac, of course, was uh, you know, he was a child of the promise because uh, Sarah was barren, but uh, God uh, opened her womb and granted that she would bear Isaac. And uh, God also appeared to Isaac uh, later, you know, in his life, as we read earlier, and 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 gave him the blessing of his father Abraham. Now, this this was this is an in- indication of the importance of this blessing because Esau. Uh, obviously uh, despised his birthright that uh, the older son would receive the double portion. And he said, well, you know, remember uh, the the account where uh, Jacob was cooking lentils and Esau was not successful in getting any game. And then he comes to Jacob and says, I'm, I'm, I'm about to die of hunger here. You know, he says, well, then Jacob, of course, the sly fox that he was, said, you know, says, well, sell me your birthright. And so Esau says, uh, okay, <laughs> and and so the point is, of course, is that there is there is an importance to this blessing that is not the same as the uh, double portion or the the uh, the material uh, you know uh, inheritance of the firstborn. And so, as we look at blessing, it's really something that we don't have an equivalent in our world today. But like you said, it's. It's vitally important. He's a patriarch. This is a passing down from one generation to the next. So it goes way be, way beyond like a Thanksgiving, oh, we just bless the Lord or bless, you know, I bless you, my children, bless you after someone sneezes or something. Um, and it's very difficult to g- fully grasp. And, and some of that difficulty is we just don't bless people, but we do bless people when it comes to the worship service or um, prayer services or fathers uh, bless their children or other people. Any thoughts on those connections that that we talk about in the church of blessing and how that relates to the blessing we see today? Yeah, I've noticed uh, among my people uh, over the 40 years of my ministry is that they relish and they love and desire to uh, receive uh, the benediction at the end of the service. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. 
Uh, This is something relished by them almost as much as they relished receiving the Lord's Supper in the sacrament. Um, and and it is of course it's it's prophetic and it is a you know in other words God giving His uh, grace and His favor uh, upon uh, His people and in this particular case it's it's a special uh, you know it, it's kind of like something that should happen to what I would call the messianic nation. Uh, that's that's mm. basically what God established with Abraham as the and and more especially with Jacob as he becomes Israel the strength of God after the struggle with the angel late this will be later on in in the study of Genesis and and so it it, it is vitally important for the salvation history of God's people so the blessing is something which is salutary you know it's meet right and salutary uh, that we should all give praise to God or give thanks to God. And so in this particular case, it's something that imparts God's grace and favor. And that's a good reminder to us. For example, when we do the Aaronic benediction at the end of the worship service, it's not just a symbol of, okay, service is done. Thank goodness it's over. Um, But God is giving his people exactly what it says. Blessing. He's keeping you. He's gonna he's gonna look upon you. Be he's gonna give you grace, um, and he's gonna give you peace. All these things that the blessing is an enactment. I heard that was it. Uh, Doctor John Klein it talks about a gospel enactment, if you will. That what God says he's gonna give, he actually gives it to you. And that's uh, I think I think a good reminder for us biblically as we worship. Um, but then secondly, with this is that this blessing was a God thing. This was not just Isaac wanting to bless his child and say, oh, I love you, blah, blah, blah. It was an actual God enactment, word of God type of situation as well. Any final thoughts before we move on? I think that's an excellent characterization of this. And, and Wonderful. Um, you know, it's, it's it, it, Dr. Kleinig, I, I recommend his commentary on Hebrews because I consulted mm-hmm. that too. So Dr. Kleinig is, a, is really a blessing to the church. Absolutely. We've had him on twice on this program, which is, a, I tell you what, just a great joy to worship and to study with that man. So, but, you know, we all need God's grace. So let's dig in further as we look at starting, continue on in verse five. Now, Rebecca was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebecca said to her son, Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food. Then I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go. Bring them to me. Well, it, uh, Rebecca is, uh, she's, you know, unlike uh, uh, Sarah, when she's listening to the Lord and the two angels, right, uh, that she's, you know, Sarah is like, oh my gosh, God said this, this is going to happen. Rebecca's listening and trying to find a trickster way 
to intercede and get her way. So I, just, I was thinking about that overhearing nature of Genesis so far. And uh, her intentions were not pure by any means. But how do you want to start this off? Well, you know, I, I, I might differ just slightly because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as the commentators mentioned, uh, you know, she, I'm sure she and Isaac discussed this uh, because they were a mm-hmm. very close couple. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, it, it, it seems as if, you know, as you see later that Rebecca, uh, objected to, um, Esau's Hittite wives, uh, that, um, you know, he, you know, basically she kind of got Isaac to go back in the right track. Um, probably the thing would have been, would have been for, for Rebecca to have just, uh, you know, said, okay, uh, Isaac, I heard what you said to Esau, but don't you remember this, this, and this, that, that God had said that the younger shall, or rather the older shall serve the younger. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, uh, but I mean, on, on the other hand, uh, you know, uh, so Isaac was very close to his son, but, you know, like for instance, they kind of question, uh, he, he was 137, by the way, Isaac was when, when all of this happened. But, you know, what's interesting is, is that here he made this provision, uh, before, uh, he said he he was going to die soon. He would live 40 more years and, and, uh, he would die at 180 and, um, you know, uh, basically, uh, he, he was, of course, bl- uh, nearly blind. And that's why Jacob says, you know, well, it may look like I'm re- pulling one over on the blind, blind man and, and making fun of him. And that's why he would curse me. But but I think the, there there's there's two things in play here. Yes, it was wrong for them to deceive uh, poor Isaac, who was a, a blind old man. And, uh, you know, and Jacob lied three times when he, of course, came in. But the thing was, was that there was also the prophecy of God that was connected with this. And and perhaps maybe Isaac should have consulted, you know, just told Rebecca, you know, um, you know, I'm thinking about giving the blessing. Of course, Rebecca would have objected. Uh, mm. But again, that's how a lot of times families uh, interact. You know, maybe there's like sibling rivalry. <laughs> and, and maybe uh, one one uh, parent has a favorite and the other one, especially when there's two children involved. And it is fascinating because you're right. And this is something I overlooked in ver- chapter 25. It is uh, Rebecca that receives from the Lord the saying, and this is uh, 25 verse 23, uh, she, she's kind of like, what's going on in my stomach? I mean, th- my womb is just in battle here. And the Lord said, two nations are in your womb and the two people from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other and the oldest shall serve the younger. So she knew that the younger would serve the older. Like this was part of uh, now, her approach, like you're saying, is not the best one. Clearly, it would have been better if Isaac and her would have hashed it out and said, okay, how are we going to do this? Because technically, Jacob is supposed to lead, not Esau. That, that's, that, is, that is an amazing insight. I, I, now, that kind of opens up this whole story in a different way. Um, yes, there was kind of a bad practice. She definitely didn't go about this in the right way. But it's not quite the trickstering that I would have first thought. Pastor, any, any thoughts on that? That is, that is great insight. Well, you know, it's it kind of comes from it, like our reformed uh, uh, brethren, our separated brethren, who who are very sometimes there's a little bit moralistic at times in in looking at the passages like this. Now, but it's rather interesting that they point out that uh, after uh, Jacob leaves his parents, 
that he never sees his mother again. She, you know, she, uh, it's mentioned later in scripture where it, it says that she was buried in the cave of Machpelah with where Abraham, Sarah, and, and mm-hmm. Isaac and, and was, were buried. And, and uh, uh, it also, Jacob also says he buried his wife Leah there, his, his first older wife. And, and um, so, so in a sense, there's, they're kind of, uh, there's a sort of a payment, uh, you know, sort of compensation that's involved here where, where a mother with her beloved son never uh, see each other again. And, and also, uh, you know, Jacob, of course, has to flee for his life. And then even as he comes back into Canaan from uh, Haran, that uh, he uh, is afraid because uh, Esau is now a, a great uh, military leader, uh, you know, has, has, has an, an army at his back. And so as we look at that, she gathers up Esau, uh, not, excuse me, Jacob, hears a whole story about what's going to happen. And, and he's kind of like, you know, the, the, the idea might be from, from Esau saying, you know, maybe this isn't right, you know, uh, from Jacob, excuse me, maybe this isn't the right way to go at this. No, his question is, wait a second here. Um, I'm not Harry. He's Harry. How's this going to work? So he definitely doesn't have that moment. This doesn't sound right. He just totally just goes for it. So it, it's an interesting reaction from Jacob, but maybe not surprising based on past stories. Any thoughts about that that dialogue? between uh, Rebecca and, and Jacob and how they follow through. Yeah, they're very practical, aren't they? He says, he said, <laughs> how, how am I going to, how am I going to get away with this? You know, dad's right. going to, dad's going to see that I'm, I'm not Esau, you know, and, and uh, indeed, uh, you know, Jacob or I, rather Isaac notices difference in speech. Uh, but, but of course it's, it's the touch and smell, which, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a sense, too, uh, I think it's interesting how the commentators point out the differences between the twin boys uh, that, uh, you know, they, they, they may sound like each other at times, but may but one or the other has a different maybe a different te- timber to their voice uh, that that's noticeable by parents or, or people that are close to them. Um, and, but the, but the thing is, is that, um, you know, Isaac of course, uh, thinks that maybe his his ears may be deceived, uh, and 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 again, you know, maybe maybe he had asked, uh, "Are you Esau? Are you Jacob out there?" You know, when they're talking. But but I mean, uh, a man can't change his skin, as another uh, commentator says. So so uh, mm, you know, if mm-hmm. if uh, there's a hairy person, uh, as as Jacob makes himself out to, with the help of his mother, then uh, you know. Isaac would say, okay, that's, that's Esau. Yeah. There's that moment where I can't see and my hearing isn't so good either. So I can just be completely wrong. And there was a trust. There was a trust that his sons would do the right thing. And that obviously that trust would not um, be an issue, but also it's interesting to me that the mother basically takes the burden of the story upon herself where he says, you know, it's like, what about this? What about this? And verse 13, his mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son, only obey my voice and go and bring them to me. It's interesting that she carries this burden, which really, I guess you would say, isn't really hers to carry, but yet she carries it. So I, I'm, I'm trying to reconcile this because I never noticed quite that language, uh, reconcile this with the whole story and the narrative of where she um, like you said, not a trickster, but definitely carrying this burden. And is that hers to carry, or how are we supposed to look at that? 
Yes, I I, I kind of see that as, um, you know, again, this is part of that deception. Um, but I mean, it's a mother's love that that's willing to bear everything uh, for mm-hmm. the sake of her, her beloved child. And, and um, you know, it's kind of interesting that later on she says, uh, well, when Esau gets over what you did to him, you know, and if I were Jacob, I'd say, Mom, you're the one that put me up to this. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I forgot about that part. Oh, that's really good. So, so this is setting the stage. Now, it's a good reminder for us that we can easily treat the story as separate from God. But God is, is continually throughout this setting the stage to keep the promise, the promise going through Jacob, through his lineage, obviously all the way to Christ. And we see that continuously because if we were in the middle of this story, we would just be like, what is going on? But as we're able to look at it from the outside, look at it with Christ's goggles, we do see God at work. And even from the outside, it doesn't quite make much sense. It doesn't doesn't seem to make much sense why God took that road versus others. Pastor, any thoughts of, of making sure that we remember that God's hand is on all of this as we look at it? I think that's the whole theme of the book of Genesis. Uh, the one uh, the one account that's so uh, ten, uh, so beloved of mine is where Joseph tells his brothers, you know, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, that for the saving of, of, of so many people, you know, it, it just a universal good. And, and so God uses the uh, sinfulness of these two, uh, of uh, Rebecca and her son Jacob, uh, for his purposes. So let's continue on. We have a few minutes until our break. Verse 14. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goat she put on his hands and the smooth part on his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. Pastor, we have about a minute left before our break. What do you, how do you want to begin as we look at these verses? Well, uh, it's kind of pointed out by um, uh, some commentators that these these goats that were there were camel goats. Uh, they they were not similar to European goats. And uh, like uh, the uh, Roman uh, Latin uh, writer Marshall said that uh, the silky black hair of these goats was something that was used many times for uh, to kind of by by Romans, I guess maybe like toupees or something else like that, so they could they could have the hair, and so that so it was really uh, ingenious that uh, she she covered the smooth parts of of Jacob's body that that uh, Isaac of course would possibly feel with these goat this goat hair, and it's interesting you use two kids. Uh, which may may mean that, uh, you know, like with two of those, they could uh, substitute maybe the bulk of of game that Esau might have if he got a deer or some other type of uh, game. So I want to talk about that more on the other side of our break. We are studying Genesis chapter 27 with Pastor David Boisclair, and we'll be right back.
These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan316. And welcome back. We are studying Genesis chapter 27 with Pastor David Boisclair of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Church in Pine Lawn, Missouri. And Pastor Boisclair, we are laying this, we're laying out the groundwork for the rest of the story. So right now, he is wearing the garments of a hairy man, if you will. So Jacob, smooth, who knows? He doesn't have the hairy arms, um, but he is one that puts the, these goat skins or hair on him, on there. She lays it upon him, gives him the food, and says, here you go. So we're setting the stage. Anything else you want to highlight before we move on to verse 18? Yeah, it's interesting that they use the word house, uh, where it says that Esau's uh, best clothes, these were kind of like his Sunday best clothes, and they were they were wherever uh, Rebecca was uh, pretty much residing. Uh, you know, it says house. Uh, it probably, the commentators try to say it's probably a tent because they were nomadic um people and and uh you know although it, it may may be it's mentioned i think sometimes with uh uh abraham that he had a more permanent house that was there 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 of course in uh the city of hebron or kiriath arba uh mamre in hebron and so that's that's sort of south canaan you know probably the southernmost part there and and that that's kind of like locating where they're at and, um, you know, it's uh, basically, you know, just type of man. How, how did she get a hold of these clothes? Was, was uh, well, they, they were saying, well, Esau kind of uh, lived with his, uh, his parents, even though he was married to these two other women and everything. So, so, they, so she had, was able to have clothing like that. And it's probably clothing that he had recently worn when he was out hunting. And, and that, of course, in, enhanced um, you know, Jacob's deception. Verse 18. He went to his father and said, My father. And he said, here, am, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found us so quickly, my son? He answered, because the Lord, your God, granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him. He ate, he brought him wine and he drank. So kind of an awkward uh, conversation. There's some confusion that happens here, but I do like, I do like the language where it says, my father. And he said, here I am. A very common statement throughout the scriptures Definitely saying, 
here I am. And but this here I am is much different than other parts that we envision. So, Pastor, how do you want to begin with this this section? I'll tell you one thing. I, I could never do something like this myself. I mean, uh, uh, that I, I wouldn't have the I wouldn't have the guts to do something like this. Uh, right. You know, it, it, it takes takes uh, quite a, you know, an audacious uh, act uh, to do such a thing. Um, it, you know, it's interesting, as, as the commentators mentioned, they'd say, well, how could uh, Rebecca take, uh, uh, you know, domestic uh, meat and, and make it taste like wild game? And, and of course, they say, well, they, she'd been married to Isaac for over 90 years, so she probably knew how to how to cook for the man. Uh, so, so in a sense, uh, she, she'd uh, prepared the meal and, and uh, you know, it, it, but it's interesting that all of the different things that, that Jacob was concerned about when it happened there. Isaac was not sure. Uh, he thought, he said, the voice is the voice of Jacob. And, and, and so, uh, you know, let me, let me uh, see if you really are Esau or not. And, and so he, he uh, feels, feels him. And uh, and then and then of course it says that he blessed him. He he noticed his hands were hairy. That's like uh, basically the Hebrew manner of recalling. You know, in other words, saying what would happen later ahead of time. Proleptic. It's a proleptic ah. uh, uh, a notice there in in verse twenty three. And how is there a way we can uh, break that down in today's language? When do we do something like that? A proleptic. Uh, uh, words before it actually happens. Do you have any examples of that? I'm trying to gather my mind around that. Well, you could say, uh, well, I went, I went to the store to, uh, and I, and I bought, and I bought some things and, and then, and then, uh, uh, later on, later in the conversation, you say, well, I bought this and this and I paid this and this, you know, so it's kind of like saying, uh, you know, maybe encompassing the entire, uh, account by saying what 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 would happen but you know i, I can't help but thinking that 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 it, uh, J, uh, isaac uh, was was con, con basically persuaded that this was esau you know so so in a sense in his heart he blessed jacob or he said you know this is esau yes i'm i'm fully in 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 tune with this i'm 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 blessing him you know so so this was like he so isaac was persuaded that that this was indeed that that he as he thought it was esau he definitely was confused which i think we all would be at that point but it just it brings it 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 just keeps coming back he he are you my son yes i am okay bring it nearby he brought all the food he ate, he drank, and that's kind of where we ended. We didn't, you know, we didn't end with the, the rest of the story is still yet to come. But anything else before we continue with the story? Yeah, it's interesting. There is a film that was made in the early '70s called Jacob and Joseph, mm. um, and and it it really uh, pictures this event in a very dramatic way. Uh, it it you know it it it's like a it shows uh, uh, Isaac uh, just looking really, you know, he, he's, he looks with a, there's a frown on his face and he's not sure. And he, and he says, come here, my son, let me, you know, he grabs a hold of him and, and feels him and everything like that. And cause he's not sure, but then, uh, but then, you know, in feeling the, uh, the arms and, and smooth part of, of Jacob's neck, you know, he says, ah, this is, this is Esau. But I mean, that, that, it, it, I mean, that's at least one, incident of a movie which kind of presents probably what what was going on let's continue on we are at verse 26 
Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Curse be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. I'm going to stop there just because it's, you know, there's a cliffhanger. Um, but he gives a blessing and it's, it's this fascinating blessing of, of, you know, the as we talk about the ironic benediction. If you actually stop and think about what words are being said, it is, it is rich, it is fruitful, and it's a reminder of God's grace. So uh, break this down for us as he gives a blessing. Yeah, it, it's poetic. And you, so if, if you look in, in your Bible as you read this uh, section, you'll notice that it's, it's kind of set in type as, as a poem. And, and, it's, and it's a beautiful, it, it basically brings uh, to Jacob from his father the blessing of Abraham, because it's blessed are those who bless you and cursed are those who curse you. And, and, uh, and, and, then, and then it mentions the dew of heaven, which is interesting because that is, is a, um, something that's in other blessings that are given throughout Scripture. There's, there's a, uh, you know, quite, a, quite a number of, of scriptural citations for the dew of heaven being mentioned, uh, because in, in a dry and arid climate like that, the dew was very, very important. And so that's, that's something that's part of the, uh, the blessing or the peace, the shalom, you might say, because a uh, peace that God gives is, is something which is comprehensively good for people. In other words, your, my peace, my, your health, your uh, well-being, your happiness, your joy, your, your um, um, fruitfulness as, as people. Uh, is, is something that's that's carried in with this beautiful blessing that uh, Isaac gave his son. And it, it clearly, I mean, it speaks language that we would not necessarily speak today, but is all over scripture where it says at the end, curse be everyone who curses you and bless be everyone who blesses you. So there's definitely a distinction of, of, of uh, God's people and the enemies. And that's something that's it's kind of hard to always uh, pull that together as we look at Scripture. But that's very clear here that there will be people who will be against you, which Jesus speaks about as well. Any thoughts on that part of this blessing? Oh, yes. Jesus says to his disciples, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, if they if they treated me like this, they're going to treat you like this as well. And 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 St. John says, as he is, so are we in the world. Uh, you know, and every time that, uh, like when uh, Paul uh, persecuted the church, uh, Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? Uh, you know, so there's a, an identification of that. Uh, but uh, the comfort is that all the curses of sin fell upon our Lord Jesus on the cross, and, and, and he brings and, get, and conveys to us blessings from God, which is the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. He gives us blessing, and you can almost feel that um, 
the hands are just coming off of the head and and there is Jacob going from his presence and then enters Esau and it just is that kind of very tense moment in a drama movie or a book or something along those lines where it's like uh oh now what's going to happen because it is about to go down so pastor before we get to that next part of the story anything else you want to highlight before we continue on it's interesting that he says uh, that this is uh, like the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that Yahweh has blessed. Uh, and, and the idea there is is he's talking about paradise, uh, you know. So so and, and, and you know there there's a lot of spiritual uh, sentiment that's going on in this particular uh, blessing that is, that is being given, um, and and there's you know it, it basically points to the the very uh, reason that God um, created this family, this messianic family, or which would be a messianic nation, in order to bring into the world his precious son in in the um, in the matrix of this uh, of this or you know the the womb of this uh, messianic nation. Let's continue on. Uh, we are at uh, verse thirty one. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of my, his son's game, that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, who are you? <laughs> he answered, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came and I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is it not right? Is it not rightly named Jacob? Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you and all his brothers. I have given to him your servants and all the grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. So it, evidently, there is only one blessing. We, you know, I might be able to bless my all of my children, you know, throughout the night. But it's not like I'll go to my oldest and say, you know, uh, the Aaronic benediction before she goes to bed, and then tell my second oldest, by the way, I can't do that for you now. So there's a distinction here. This is a once and done blessing which had to be just beyond frustrating for Esau at this stage. What are your thoughts? Yes, and, and, and what's interesting is, is that Isaac, I think, recognize, maybe recognizes the fact that, um, you know, his, his personal desires were thwarted in this, in this respect. You know, he will remain blessed. Um, you know, uh, the... Um, uh, in the case in the case of Esau, you know, it's interesting that in in uh, Hebrews there is a uh, passage related to this where where um, 
the writer of the letter to the Hebrews is, is uh, addressing the church. Uh, and, and Dr. Kleinig gives an excellent uh, interpretation of this. Hebrews 12, verses 16 through 17, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal, For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. And and Dr. Kleinig's interpretation of that is that that repent means that that Isaac would not change his mind. He would not reverse the blessing. And, and and, And really, I think like this type of blessing, this patriarchal blessing, was not something that could be reversed. Um, and and it, it says, you know, that Esau was rejected. Now, because he was, uh, you know, it was said that he's unho- immoral and unholy. Uh, the Even the um, uh, Jewish commentators, you know, in the time between the Testaments pointed out that, that uh, the fact that Esau was married to Hittite women uh, uh, pointed to his immorality. Um, but, of course, they had, they had a... Uh, uh, they had an iron in the fire because Israel, of course, is their is their great uh, the 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 founder of of the Israelite nation of the Hebrew nation, and so obviously uh, you know they they really had no they didn't want to put in any dibs for for uh, for Esau. Um, it mentions he it also mentions that he is unholy because in a sense what Esau did was sacrilegious. Uh, when he sold his birthright, you know, yeah, yeah, Jacob stole my uh, birthright, but but I, w- you know, he should have said, well, I was willing to sell it to him for because I was hungry. It didn't matter it to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and the other thing is is the fact that that God says in Malachi, uh, you know, that Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. So so in other words, God chose Jacob, and so that's that's kind of probably in, that's in the mix here. And, and um, you know, Esau was, was uh, sad, and, and, uh, but, I mean, maybe he should have uh, lived his life more in line with, uh, with his family, with Isaac and Rebecca's desires. It's a good reminder to us that let's not make Esau to be this innocent victim, and he was just this faithful guy till the end. He had his own issues <laughs> throughout all of this time. And so, but, and you feel for Esau in this whole story because it's not like he committed this awful, awful sin and did these horrible, horrible things. And we tend to make that distinction, don't we, in our world today, where we say, well, I only told a little white lie to my, to my wife today, or, or I had just an impure thought and I, you know, I I lusted, but I didn't do anything. All those, that's not a big deal. But when I heard about that guy who was texting and driving and someone died, that guy deserves real damnation or or whatever the list you might have. We put kind of variance on that. But in this situation, it's it, it, you would grieve what happened to Esau, but also to remember that you can't quite just take him off the hook either. So, Pastor, how do we live our lives knowing that there is no distinction of sin, but yet we do see the destructiveness of sin as well in our lives? Any thoughts? I think that's illustrated very well in this particular account. I mean, Jacob had had a whole lifetime ahead to to really suffer, you know. Uh, mm. And and of course, it, it's kind of interesting that uh, Saint Peter in his epistle says, you know, when we suffer, we should suffer for doing good, not for doing evil. <laughs> and mm. and and in this case, um, uh, you know, there's there's a price that is paid by Isaac. 
I, I, I really feel for Isaac. You know, he, you know, it's, it's like he trembled. And, and, and uh, you know, in, the, in the, that particular film I mentioned that showed that Isaac was angry, but in, this, in, in the scriptures, it doesn't, seem, it, it doesn't seem as if Isaac was angry at Jacob. It's kind of like, um, you know, he's, it probably maybe jogged his memory if he had forgotten that, that this was God's will. And and um, uh, but on the other hand, you have sinful all all four of them are sinful human beings that were, uh, you know, that that sin is always wrong and bad. Uh, you know, you might have wondered, would would there have been a better way in which uh, Rebecca could kind of set Isaac on the right track? You know, uh, so so again, there's a price for sin. Fortunately, our Savior paid that price on the cross. And that's why you have to have Christ goggles in this story, because it's almost like one person said, if you read scripture without Christ goggles, God looks like an awful terrorist. You know, that sometimes he, he, his vengeance is on those who have done terrible things. And sometimes it feels like his vengeance is on those who are actually pretty good people. And this is one of those stories here where like, oh my goodness. But if you have the cross, it takes all of that and it lays it at the Lord's feet and there is forgiveness and repentance. And that is something we have to remember that if we read Genesis 27 without the cross, oh my goodness, God is just going after people. But when we understand the cross in the midst of it, you know, that those Christ goggles are on, we are able to see the blood that is shed. We're able to see all of that as pointing us to the greater need of a Savior, just like you said um, so well. Pastor, we have about six minutes left in our time. Um, how about I read the rest of our verses as we hear the rest of the story of Isaac and Jacob and Esau? Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall be your dwelling, and away from the dew of heaven on high, and by your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. And then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older, the words of Esau, her older son were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, the younger son, and said to him, behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns from you and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? Before we get to Rebecca, which is a fascinating way to end this, uh, the Lord, you know, he answers Isaac. Uh, Isaac, excuse me, Isaac answers uh, his son Esau, and it isn't quite maybe what Esau wanted. What your, we have about four minutes left in our time. What, what are your last thoughts here? Well, it, uh, as the commentators say, it's kind of like a uh, a curse, a, a light curse that's that's given. Um, and but uh, again, it's prophetic. 
uh, in, in pointing out how Esau, which of course was the father of the nation of Edom that, uh, that dwelt in the Mount Seir on the uh, south uh, east of Canaan, you know, on the other side of the Dead Sea, uh, and, and of course the, that political uh, tension between the nation of Israel and the nation of Edom. Uh, and, and then, of course, Edom is, is successful in in in, politic, in, in um, you know in political terms, and so they're, 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 in a sense, that's kind of like the way that Esau may may have wanted it anyway, and and so that's that's basically what Isaac does in this case. So it says in verse uh, forty-one. Excuse me, I'm trying to look here, that Esau hated Jacob, and his intentions were to kill him. And this and this and the rest of the story is just just great. I mean, the the rest of this is why it's so important for us that when we have intentions or thoughts that are clearly not from the Lord, how the Lord will still work with us. But his beginning point was not good, that the solution to all this is, okay. here's the plan. Once Isaac's gone, which is probably pretty soon, I'm going to go ahead and kill my brother. And from there, it doesn't quite end in that way. Any thoughts about Esau's reaction and what unfolds? It's kind of like a, a apropos for Esau that he would act that way. What's interesting is Isaac thought he was going to die soon. Esau thinks he's going to die soon. But guess what? He's he's going to hang on for another forty years. So I mean, it's up to the <laughs> Lord to decide when we die. <laughs> oh my goodness! That is, I, you know, I forgot that little part as well. So so he tells him, arise, or excuse me. Um, go, my son, arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's anger turns away from you. So there's, there's two things. God, God is working through this to bless and to keep Jacob. It also, I think it's a good practical reality for all of us that when we get into those anxious moments, we probably need to separate ourselves from the situation and let bygones be bygones as we come together in repentance and forgiveness. Any thoughts on on on? when he goes to uh, the land of Haran and uh, out of the situation. That's kind of like in, in God's intention in any, any case, uh, that in the same way as Isaac received a bride uh, from Bethuel, you know, and, and, and from the family of Abraham, so also uh, Jacob, who is to be the father of, of the Messianic nation, that he would uh, receive a bride from that same family instead of from the women of the land. And mm. uh, so, so in, in, and then like uh, what Rebecca says is, you know, I, I don't want him to kill you because then you're going to be gone and then he'll be gone because he'll be put to death because he kills you. So, uh, you know, Rebecca has good intentions for both her sons. Pastor, with about a minute left in our time, how do you want to summarize this very powerful chapter and encourage our listeners in Christ? Yes, that the Lord uh, even works despite our sinfulness. And uh, when, whenever uh, things happen in our lives or, or we may do things that are wrong, uh, the Lord has this uncanny ability, <laughs> uh, eternal and omnipotent ability, to turn mm -hmm. the, good, the bad things into good things. Uh, and that ultimately it is to bring us to Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who is the one who was the descendant, the uh, righteous descendant of Isaac and Rebekah, who brings blessings to all the families of the earth. 
Pastor David Poisclair of Faith in Bethesda Lutheran Church in Pine Lawn, Missouri, giving us God's strong word from Genesis chapter 27. Pastor Boisclair, thank you for bringing us his gifts. It's, it's a very great blessing for us to be able to share life with the world that is so desperately in need of it. Thank you. And keep cool. I'm your host, Brady Finnern, uh, District President of the Minnesota North District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand.